On episode 16 of Convergence, is there mould in your coffee? Charlatans, experts, and is Stephen Bartlett really the one to tell us the difference? And the fascination with fasting. Last time we spoke, you had to go away, uh, and quite a few things have happened since. Yeah, they have. It's been a long man. If it was, it was already feeling like it was going to be a long week, and then uh, we had that extra time. Um, I've been reading a lot. I have a lot of books to tell you about. Oh my gosh! And uh, oh, and uh, man, I have a cool plan. Oh, I gotta, I gotta hold on. I gotta move this because I'm. I'm hitting that and making all sorts of awful noises. I've found that since I've been doing more video, I seem to be, I think I'm gesturing more. Yeah. And so I am finding myself occasionally just woof, just, you know. <laughs> I, man, it's been a blur. I can't even think about what's all, what's all happened. Uh, I, but I did have uh, just, you know, some, some fun banter to get us warmed up. I did have two of the most amazing meals in my life this, in the past couple of days. Um, so, uh, uh, I, I got a couple pizzas from a local, um, grocery store that started making wood fired pizzas and they're decent. And for, for a couple of buddies of mine, we had some leftover pieces. And so I was going to have, I was going to reheat the leftover pizza and I've heard people, um, like a fun, I, my, my preferred method it, it, until, until <laughs> this week, uh, my preferred method of reheating pizza was the air fryer because it would just it would make it like it was fresh again it was like it was like just out of the oven it's perfect it's great um but i'd heard somebody at one point say they just like to um saute it just fry it up maybe with a little butter or something i was like "Hmm, well, i'll try it out it sounds like fun and then i thought because my brain always does this it likes okay that's that's great but what what else could we do with that what how could we next level this how can we 10x this pizza slice yeah. Oh my God. 10 X is 10 X for sure. Um, I was like, what if, what if I use the pizza slice as, as the bread of French toast? You maniac. And I'm, so I'm not, uh, I, I love sweets. I have a huge sweet tooth, but I don't do, I don't do sweet stuff anymore for, for health reasons. So I, I love I'm, and I'm, I'm, I've fallen deep in love with savory french toast just mm -hmm. salt and pepper yeah eggs i think and... when we do french toast here that's usually what we're doing mm. okay well here in america it is a very sweet thing we might call it um eggy bread oh yeah 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 eggy bread yeah that makes sense eggy bread yeah. oh it's so good it's so good uh so i made a mixture and so and uh, another thing that i do is uh i've i've fallen in love with replacing milk in most things that where it's mixed together replace the milk with bone broth because it has a similar um, compound, you know, it has like the, has the protein, the collagen, and stuff. So it's kind of thick, and it it one to one, it works really well in most savory things, and some sweet things. So I mixed a couple eggs with some bone broth, and uh, we have some sourdough starter on hand because we've just been experimenting with that. So I mixed those together, and then I dunked the pizza slice in that, and kind of soaked it around a little bit, and then fried that in grass fed butter. Oh shit, wow. dude! Holy <laughs> shit! It was so freaking good. It was you know a wonderful like encapsulation uh, on the outside. It was all it was all solidified and everything, and then the and the gooey cheese and uh, marinara on the inside just kind of like melted out as you cut into it. And oh man, I had four slices. It was I couldn't get enough. It was amazing. And then uh, and so that was. That was um, the most fun experiment uh, I've had this week. And then I made, um, for Valentine's Day, I made a, a dinner for Margaret and me of um, filet mignon, which is the first time I'd made that, and made it in the air fryer. And my air fryer has a, a, a plug-in thing for um, temperature sensor to plug, to, you know, the probe to go in the meat. And it has presets, so I could just tell it beef rare, and I just put it in. That's phenomenal. And fuck, it came out perfect. Oh yeah, it's 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 so easy and so lazy. It just yeah, perfectly yeah. works. And uh, I made that with some um, bacon, Brussels sprout, sweet potato in the in the uh, in the oven. And ooh, one of the best meals uh, I've ever made. Just just fantastic. 
Mm. These are, these are the kind of recipes you're going to expect from God mode. <laughs> Just pure bliss. <laughs> the, the most tasty stuff you'll ever have. And it's, you know, mostly healthy. Like the pizza, <laughs> the pizza has a lot of, you know, flour, which, uh, it's not going to, that, that's not going to be in God mode. Flowers flowers out <laughs> there's no place for flowering god mode yeah no that's too processed it's it doesn't get absorbed in the right spot of your body it's not it's not what, what things are meant to be but yeah man food oh, i fucking love food <laughs> uh, and speaking of butter uh i've been i've been eating a lot more butter lately um so we'll get to this in a second but um i've been i've been reading a lot of uh dave asprey books I don't know if you know who Dave Asprey is, but he is the. Have you ever ever heard of Bulletproof Coffee? Oh, I tried that. I've had a, I've had a couple of sessions on the Bulletproof Coffee back when I was doing full keto. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Dave Asprey is the guy behind the idea of Bulletproof Coffee, and uh, uh, he's a really good salesman. And <laughs> he's convinced me to try. Co- I mean, I, I'm I'm back on the coffee train, uh, but like every so often, so I so Bean Protocol wise, which was like my my main diet for a long time, uh, that helped me. It helped me. I, like I learned a lot from it. It has some really great pieces to it, but part of, you know, one of the worst and hardest parts is there's no coffee because it's because of the caffeine and, um, and also coffee beans aren't actually beans. But, right. You know, yeah. And they're, they're probably bitter about that. Like that was the, <laughs> the bitter was supposed to be Sorry. a pun there, but like it also was kind of, just kind of works. <laughs> but yeah. Um, they look like beans, but they're not beans. Agreed. Apparently, I, I, was just, I looked that up because I was just like, I bet you there's this. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. No worries. But yeah, the caffeine is a stimulant for the adrenal glands, and you're supposed to let your body rest and and that blah blah blah. Um, something something about something rest being something important. rest yeah. something something health. Anyways, uh, so I've been on and off coffee a lot, um, and I just uh, so I, I had it for a while after the car accident because I was like, no, I, I want some comfort. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I, I put I, I packaged it all up in a box and I put it up in the attic, uh, all my all my coffee making supplies and, and everything. You know, it's like nope, the, the, it's, it's time for health again. We're gonna go, we're gonna do that. And then now I've, I've been reading a bunch of Dave Asprey stuff, and he's like, no, actually, you know the the way that the uh, in in a fasted state, having the these certain saturated fats in combination with caffeine and this and that can actually do some. You know, can put you into ketosis faster. It can do this and that. And I'm like, sold, sold. Uh, <laughs> I brought all the stuff back down and making myself That's all daily the excuse I needed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, there's a reason that this could be healthy for me. Great. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I, I got, I love it. It's, um, so yeah, I have a couple tablespoons a day of, of butter in my coffee. And it's funny that that was a joke in the Simpsons. And now it's a thing people legitimately do. Like I think I think um, Homer was gaining weight, and he was. I think this is the episode where he buys a moo moo, and he was complaining. He was blaming Marge for him gaining weight, and I believe she <laughs> says, "I'm not the one who puts butter in your coffee." Nice. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, I wonder if that, subliminally that's where he got the idea. Of yeah, <laughs> I, as so many things, the Simpsons produce uh, the Simpsons predicted uh, the ketogenic diet. Absolutely. Um, my, my favorite had always, for coffee had always been just heavy cream, uh, for a long, long time. Uh, uh, but trying to do less dairy and it's kind of expensive. And so, yeah, so, uh, so Dave Asprey, so I read, well, actually before I get to that, um, I have, I have four books to tell you about that. I'm really excited about, especially this first one. It's called Life in the Fasting Lane by Dr. Jason Fung, Eve Meyer, and Megan Ramos. And wow, this is an excellent book as an introduction to fasting and why both why, sh- why everyone should um, look into it. It's not for everybody at every time in their life, you know, all that. It's not prescriptive. I'm just saying like, it really lays out the reasons why it's so good for everybody and good, good for the human body. And it doesn't, uh, my, my next book will go a little bit more into the history of why and like evolutionarily how, you know, we didn't eat 
three meals a day. Like that wasn't a thing for the majority of humanity, like about 200,000 years of hunting and gathering, um, you know, that without refrigerators and without reheating devices and you know like people just ate when they could yeah i suspect you ate when you were hungry and it was safe yeah yeah and you would and you would, and it would go between uh between fasting and feasting and you have a big meal after a kill and you'd, you'd have all your your food and then you then you would not eat for a while and it would be either the next day when you'd have a meal or a couple days later and that was normal Anyways, that's that's the next book. It feels like it's one of those things that it's very agrarian. It's probably based on uh, on farming. Basically, is that you get up in the morning and you probably get the eggs from the chickens. You eat the eggs and then you go out and you you till the land. You come back. You have a plowman's lunch and then you go back out again. And yeah, are you are you familiar with the plowman's lunch? Is that a thing that you have over there? Uh, that is not a familiar term. No. Yeah, apparently this was uh, invented by a pickle manuf not manufacturer but a pickle like pickle Producing. people pickle people uh yeah um so we have branston pickle here so it would have would have been someone like that um like uh, which yeah, when i say pickle more like a um, like a relish i think okay you know something that you might spread on a sandwich it's kind of got a jammy consistency that kind of pickle um and because that's one of the things that you have in it and then there's usually a bit of like a hunk of cheese some ham maybe and some bread and a, and maybe an apple and a few things like that uh, and and it's called a plowman's and apparently it was just invented like in the 20th century whereas it's one of those that feels like a plowman's lunch like every pub mo or most pubs will offer a plowman's lunch and there's even like you can get a plowman's sandwich and like it's a whole thing you know what i hadn't really thought about this so i um you we, we talked about michael pollan's advice for food a, a couple episodes ago and one of his advices was, um, you know, stick to the outside of the grocery store because that's where all the fresh food is, and it's, avoid the the center aisles because that's the processed food. And I I do that a lot. There, there's those certain things in the middle aisles, like the bag of coffee beans and um, some oil and vinegar and stuff uh, that I'll, I'll get, but I typically avoid. It. And so I'm I'm thinking about pickles that are in the refrigerator and not necessarily ones that are preserved. So maybe in the preserved aisle, maybe there is relish. Well, I'll have to check that out. Anyways, maybe. but yeah, yeah, there could be right. there could be sugar in there. Why are we talking about pickles? Oh yeah, um, <laughs> uh, uh, plow, plowman's lunch. Plowman's so we went backwards, yeah. uh, but we were we were essentially talking about yeah because uh, so we we went from plowman's lunch. <laughs> hey, I can do this when someone else is talking. It turns out we went from plowman's lunch back working backwards to that was probably agrarian. Working back there, it was we don't actually eat three meals a day. Well, that's not what we're evolved to do. And yeah. life in the fast fasting lane. Life in the fasting lane is is one of my the, my favorite books that I've read in years um it is absolutely going in my list of books that are required reading for god mode and it is um you know like i i love something that explains the science of it i, lo I love something that tells me the reasons why it's working and it goes into all of and and it, and what's cool that there's so there's three authors and they each have their own they're it's not like co-written it's like each each person for each chapter, each kind of area of what they're talking about, fasting uh, for health, they each have their own bits and they write their own bits and they probably confer with each other about what, what's going into it. But it's like, okay, this section is by Eve Meyer and she is, um, she's like the every person. She, she's not a doctor. She is a person who was in horrible health, had a whole bunch of things going on, found Jason Fung's and Megan Ramos's work and changed her life from it. And sh so she's coming at it from that kind of perspective. Uh, Megan Ramos is a bit more like, um, I, uh, I, I can't remember. I think, I think maybe she was a fertility doctor. Um, and has some ex she has some expertise. She, she's, she's a researcher. That's right. She's a researcher. And so she, she really analyzes studies and has, um, a bunch of knowledge about that kind of stuff. So she comes in with statistics and, and data. And then, uh, Jason Fung is the doctor. And so she, he has the actual medical, uh, advice and how this stuff actually works and the chemicals and the, and all that kind of stuff. And so the, so they each go through different paragraphs of it and, and 
and it just explains it from all the different angles and like the experience of losing all the weight and getting the healthier body and the the the, the data and then the the function uh, functionality of it and it's just it it's just beautiful it's chef's kiss it, it it was an easy easy read it makes so much sense and it was super inspiring for me. I like, I'm already doing, I've been doing it for, I've been doing either intermittent fasting or time restricted eating, depending on what you want to call it, um, for about two years now. And, uh, what's kind of funny for me to, to me, and maybe nobody else thinks this is funny, but I kind of came to it intuitively. I just kind of like wasn't hungry in the morning and was like, I really don't want to eat. And everybody was telling me to eat breakfast, like eat breakfast. Like my, um, health coach was saying it. And then, you know, Margaret really wanted me to, and, 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 uh, family wanted me to, and, and other things. And like, I understand why, like we get the messaging all the time. It's so like the, um, the food industry and the, and the breakfast industry, like they, they have great marketing <laughs> they really want to push you to make sure you have your 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 heavily processed foods first thing in the morning like it's so it's all part of a uh balanced uh, nutritious <sighs> breakfast yeah and you know and the more we have it the more we think we need it um but we do so we stop paying attention especially with all this messaging that it's so good for you we stop paying attention to the routine signs that our body is telling us that it's not actually good. Like we have, we, we have a breakfast at eight and then we're hungry at 10. And then, you know, we're, we're, so we're snacking before lunch and then, like, and we need the coffee to get us through. I will say to that, that the, what you choose for your breakfast makes a huge difference to whether you're going to be snacking it at 10. Um, you know, if you do the standard something on toast, then you're probably going to want to be snacking in a couple of hours. Whereas if you, you know, you go with something with eggs, like, uh, you know. yeah, you ride on the money. Yeah. A, a nice protein, heavy fat meal. That's going to be very satiating. You're going to, there's, there's multiple things that happen when, depending on what you eat, when you're eating protein and fat, your body, uh, your, your, your stomach actually expands. And so there's a, there's, there's sensors in your stomach lining that's that feel the stretch and that tell your body that give you a signal to your body that, Oh, we don't need more food. We've, we've, we've got that going. And then there's other things that ha other things that, that produce satiety hormones that tell you you're not, you don't need to eat anymore. Um, but when you have processed foods, uh, any, anything that's been made from any sort of flour, any it's been pulverized and, and, and pre, uh, conditioned into this tiny little bit. And, and, and no matter what shape we then put it into breads or, or whatever, it dissolves in our body and it dissolves in before it gets to the stomach. And it, so it doesn't expand the stomach. So it doesn't release those satiety hormones. So we can eat all that stuff and we get, we get a, a, a glucose spike and we get this energy and we think, Oh yeah, great. Uh, and then that wears off quick because they, it just gets in the bloodstream and it's used and then, um, so on. But the satiety hormones are not released because it didn't actually get to the stomach. It was, it was dissolved and absorbed before that. Um, so yeah, that's about it for life in the fasting lane. It's a book I recommend to literally everyone just not to prescribe fasting, but to, but to, to say like, this is very interesting information and, like wh whether you whether you follow it or not, like it's knowledge everyone should know is is kind of the way I look at it to make an informed decision about how you want to eat. I'm noticing such a a, a difference in some of the r rhetoric, but some of the conversation around nutrition. Um, so there is a guy here who decided. Uh, He's a, like a, an entrepreneur guy, and he decided some time ago that he was going to be famous. Um, and so he just paid to be famous um, because, yeah. Uh, and so he just instantly was like, number one podcast. Uh, he's on Dragon's Den, which is the equivalent of the um, Shark Tank. Um, and you know, he just decided, like, I'm famous now, so you, you can all suck it. Um and I always react really well to people when they just do that, when they just arrive fully formed and they're like, you should be listening to me. And I'm like, okay. 
Uh, <laughs> 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 remind oh, okay. me who you are again. Uh, <laughs> so it's a guy called Stephen Bartlett. Um, and um, yeah, like he 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 started at, at, uh, at I think to use an American term, like he started at home base. Um, and and like yeah, and and whatever the phrase is. Anyway, because he's already rich, because he's a, he's a, you know he's a, he's a smart man. He invested in a bunch of companies, and he's really so. He's now a I believe a co investor in Huel and a few other things that are perhaps quite uh, suspect. And he's been having quite a lot of people on his show. The I don't listen, but um, the the rest the 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 scuttlebutt seems to be that a lot of these people are charlatans, um, and it's all like the next protein powder or the next supplement or the next whatever. Um, that just so happens he also has a stake in, uh, and so he you know they 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 jump on as as his guest um and he's really de- delivering this stuff with this kind of unearned air of authority um uh, you know from a from a so the podcast is called diary of a ceo and he used oh, to oh that dude oh man yeah, that dude oh yeah. yeah i actually yeah he's he's interesting okay the, let's get into this yeah i followed a couple of his episodes um uh-huh. man i felt the exact same uh about this dude i'm like what what are you uh, like yeah just what do you want you in charge seriously like okay you you did something like you made some money and now you just like bought all the equipment and made this yeah it just came out of nowhere and but he's interviewing some really great people and uh and what the people the people who he's interviewing like they're given some really great content <laughs> like he's 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 great at producing content so yeah so he, he actually had a uh an inter- i had been hearing about jason fung for a while but he had an interview with jason fung and it was it was fantastic and so uh if anybody is a fan of um uh diary of a ceo and wants to <laughs> wants to hear a little bit about good stuff about fasting and why you should do it uh the jason fung episode was was pretty great i also enjoyed the um james hoffman uh episode about coffee and and all the different styles of coffee and they, they, oh they is did that the, little... the brit is that the british guy that you yeah. like yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 um that was that was a fun episode but yeah like there's a weird air around him like it just kind of feels pre- pretentious or fake authoritative like yeah un- unearned authoritative yeah something yeah like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know enough because, I, like I said, I, I haven't listened because I just, I do, I do have this aversion uh, to to people who who kind of just become decide that they are, be, you know, gonna become everywhere. And like, I'm tired of seeing your face now. Like, um, that's not how you introduce yourself to me. Uh, <laughs> so you know, so I, I, I sort of haven't listened, but I don't know. The the, the I, I can't quite get a read on what the case is i mean i know straight away like i don't trust the motive of someone who brings on guests that you know people that i guess i mean this is the amazing thing like he's got this pipeline absolutely sewn up um you know if we look if we look at this completely cynically the bbc hand deliver uh investment opportunities to him via the means of dragon's den he then yes, he's investing his own money, but like the BBC are doing all the vetting. Sure, yeah, you're getting good leads. Ex- yes, like really good quality leads. Um, so so the products he then chooses to invest in get big exposure by being on the BBC. He then absolutely blows up that exposure with his podcast and his YouTube and his TikTok and all the ways that that is disseminated, which is basically free advertising on the platform he already owns anyway along with the other things that he's advertising and he is also an investor in these companies like even if the companies that he's that, that are on his stage are like okay i still am like none of that is like I, you are not impartial 
Um, so like it, it could be the best thing since sliced. We don't want to eat bread because bread is bad for us. It, you know, yes, but I'm still like, I still don't buy it. And so there are like, you can literally Google Stephen Bartlett charlatans uh, <laughs> and stuff comes up, you know, um, because people ain't, pe- people aren't sure. Charlatan is such a beautiful word for what it describes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh god, yeah. Um, th- I don't want us to, to necessarily derail this particular conversation because we're having a food conversation. But I have a thing about people in creative circles, uh, in like the whole digital creator space, who like who tell you like this is how you build the audience and then it's this this and this and like they make it look really easy and some of them if they're good they'll be like it's not necessarily easy but it is simple whatever but uh, and and they they're all modeling all this success and showing you all this success that's that's like attainable the problem with all of that is that we get into a weird kind of pyramid scheme because these creators are by definition talking about marketing and everyone is always looking for marketing advice. So because no one no one has learned all the marketing. And it's constantly changing and and new new layers are coming around. But even stuff. if it's yeah, abs- I mean absolutely that, but even without it changing, people are like I could always be doing the marketing better. Or I could always be learning more of the marketing. For sure. And so when when someone comes along and is like, I've got a new thing about the marketing that can go into your your pie, there is always going to be appetite for that. So this idea that it's like you just you just have your viewpoint and stand and be unique and and people will find you. Yes, they will, because everybody in the creator space, everybody is looking to grow their audience. And so, yes, you will just be found because everybody's looking to do that. If you label yourself as the next marketing whatever, people will go to you because they're desperate to, to grow. Yeah, that's an industry that people are searching for a lot. So, yeah, there's a built-in easy... It, it's myth. a self... You know, the, the machine feeds itself. And pretending like... Like, no one seems to have said this yet. And, like, I'm definitely not the... I will not be the first person to have made this observation. But it is a bit of an Emperor's New Clothes thing. It's just like, this is the thing none of you are saying. You don't realise how much easier it is for you because that's the thing you've chosen. And that's fine. But... It doesn't... It's not applicable to everything else. Exactly. Um, it, it's, it's only applicable if you want to then start your own marketing you know, channel or whatever, and then it's marketing all the way down. Other, otherwise, this, this like road, this path that's laid out for you by these people is not necessarily applicable. And that's one of the things that I'm starting to, to want to butt up against now myself. Um, and I've got my own book recommendation that we may get into. But yeah, like I, I don't know that I'm willing to, to call these people charlatans, but there is, still, there is that thing there that I'm like, I'm trusting this rhetoric less and less. And there, I mean, there are a bunch of charlatans around anyway. Uh, I mean, I was listening to a marketing podcast yesterday and the amount of times the guest said ride or die, I wanted to throw my phone away and put it into a <laughs> volcano because it's just, oh. uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, it's fine. But yeah, I'm marketing, uh, marketing tips for marketing, marketing do not apply <laughs> to other things. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. And honestly, that feel, that feels so right. And I, and I, uh, had like, I've had similar feelings about that with all the things that I've created. Like, yeah, people don't always just find you. But it makes sense now why why marketers would say that because they're used to that happening for them in their industry. That's that's really fascinating. It's like um there's a a phrase here um I don't yeah, the uh, related to our our uh, our posthumous monarch um which is Every something along the lines of um, if you like uh, the queen thinks everywhere smells of fresh paint. Everywhere the queen goes, oh, wow. it smells like oh. fresh paint. Oh my gosh! You've already like you've already got that. So you you yeah. For for the listener, if that doesn't land straight away, it's like because everywhere she goes, 
people are painting to make sure that everything looks nice and, and you know, people are doing everything up. Um, and and that's the kind of thing that it makes me think of with the marketing stuff. Like they're not being nefarious. They're not being, they're not deliberately doing, you know, a charlatan is deliberately being a charlatan. So like, they're, yeah, they're not. But being they're that. living within their bubble. Yeah, absolutely. And so they don't realize that everywhere, the, the road is pre-paved for them. And that's the problem is that everybody else has got to, you know, pay for their own road. Anyway. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Ain't it? What more books you got for me? Uh, Fast This Way by Dave Asprey was the next book I read. I, lo- I like the fact that we've gone from the Eagles uh, to uh, Aerosmith and Run DMC. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Fast This Way! Sorry. Perfect. Don't be sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, so this is a, a, a return from Mr. Dave Asprey. Yeah, yeah. So this is this is the first book I read by him. I didn't really know too much about him, um, but I did uh, after since I've been getting more into fasting and stuff, and, and and the YouTube algorithm has delightfully started sharing some um, interviews that he's done with me for uh, so that I can check him out, and like the <clears throat> the bulletproof stuff. Um, when that was a big craze along with keto and everything else, I, uh, I wrote it off as a fad thing and I, I kind of dismissed it. And, um, and thankfully I kind of didn't make that connection between him and Bulletproof because otherwise I possible I could have used my prejudice to write him off and not listen. But instead I just, um, you know, a couple of interviews came up and I just watched them and I'm like, Oh, who's this Dave Asprey guy? And, and started, you know, just picking up his books and, and other stuff because he was having some really great advice about fasting and, 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 and cautionary things like don't, don't overdo it. And, and here are some tips to make sure you're not trying to fast too much and in the wrong ways. And that was really interesting to me because I've been so, I, I, you know, <laughs> It sounds like I'm really obsessed with fasting because I kind of am, but I'm not, it's not really the fasting part that's, that's, that has me so excited. It's actually autophagy. That's the, the factor that, uh, the factor that you get into through fasting, um, of the body eating itself and, and, and yeah, we've, we've talked a little bit about this before. And also might I refer you to episode 14, just don't be weird about it exactly oh my gosh that was a great episode. i love that episode and, that, and that's the key right and that's what it sounds like he's advocating it's like yeah absolutely like read all this stuff do the things just don't be weird, don't about, be weird it. about it yeah exactly <laughs> it's amazing how much that applies to life it's 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 great advice sage advice mr Mark I, th- I think i think it might be merlin's but uh, i'll take it well i heard it from you so that's all i know yeah there you go um, yeah. So, so Dave Asprey was talking about a bunch of stuff with fasting oh, the, in, in this book, the fasting, the, 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 the fast, fast this way, <laughs> getting the two combined. Uh, he, he talks about this vision quest he goes on and, um, like he h- hires a, a shaman to take him into a desert in the middle of Arizona or New Mexico or somewhere and, and, um, drop him off in this cave for four days, uh, alone so that he could break his, uh, addiction to food and, you know, just fast that whole time and, you know, have water and maybe do a little bit of walking and stuff, but be, and it worked, it worked for him. And it wasn't just a fast. One of the cool things that he talks about in this book, it's like a fast just means, um, to, to take a break from, and it doesn't mean food. It just means like, that's just how we commonly use it. You can take a fast, uh, from social media. You can take a fast from social interactions, or you can take a fast from just coffee or alcohol or, you know, uh, anything. And, uh, so he was taking a fast from also social interactions and people and, and that kind of, you know, and, and everything digital and, and other things. And, and it, uh, you know, he went on his own vision quest and he tells the story of, of, you know, wonderfully as he's going along with all this information about fasting. And, um, it was really compelling and really fun. Uh, really love this book. And this one's also, um, going to be added to my list of books I'm prescribing in God mode. So spoilers. Um, and yeah, and then, and then what's been really interesting for me personally about Dave Asprey is his 
life story. We actually have a very similar trajectory in our early years. He grew up in a house that had a whole bunch of mold and it really fucked him up. He, um, he gained a lot of weight, um, had problems socially, developed man boobs, um, you know, had a bunch of health problems that developed and were kind of unexplainable. And he developed POTS and other conditions that I've also had to, um, had to develop and have to deal with. And so, you know, this guy in, in, in TBM terms, he's a major expander for me. Cause now like he's freaking on top of the world, like in, uh, on top of his world, you know, he's doing, inc- he's incredibly healthy. He's found, he's, he, I guess is the person who, um, uh, he didn't invent life hack, uh, biohack. It feels like something like bulletproof coffee might be aligned with a biohack. Yeah. Yeah. He like either founded that term or, or kind of propagated or whatever, but he's really into doing whatever you can to make the most out of your body and really get it in the right shape. He has a, he has another book that, um, that I started reading, uh, Oh, I forgot to write that one down. I don't remember the title of it, but it's about, he wanted to live to a hundred. He wants to live to 180. And so he's trying to do everything he can to get his brain working better, his body working better and a whole bunch of stuff. And it had a a lot of really cool advice in it that I'm only going to take some of. (laughs) And right now I'm reading, I'm reading a third book by him called Headstrong. And that one's just all about the brain. It's apparently, it's like, uh, he, he has a book called The Bulletproof Diet. And Headstrong is a bit like um, uh, the Bulletproof Diet 2.0. So like if, if you read Headstrong, it sounds like you don't really need to read the Bulletproof Diet because it's kind of incorporated in it. One thing that is annoying about Dave Asprey is that he has a lot of companies that, and like, it's both beautiful and annoying because like he, he finds something out he, he finds this biohack, this life hack, this body hack, whatever. And he's like, well, there's, there's nobody doing this. There's nobody making this. I have a lot of money. I'm going to start making it if for no re- other reason than I want it myself. And so he makes a company like he, he, um, uh, if, if you're not familiar with Dave Asprey, you might be familiar with a guy who, uh, who, who does a lot of te- talking about technology and wears yellow glasses. He kind of looks like Bono. Um, and that's, that is Dave Asprey. He's the one, he's, the, he's kind of known for wearing these blue blocking yellow glasses. And, um, he's super into light, uh, how, how light affects the body. And, and so like he, he talks about in, in his book, he kind of like, yeah, I made this company. I can't remember the name. It doesn't matter. Uh, they, and then they make the glasses and you could, you know, you could use them <laughs> if you wanted to. And then, uh, like, oh, and then I, uh, I found out this, this other really cool thing about health and okay. Full disclosure. Uh, after I found this out, I, you know, invested in the company and now an advisor and then like, okay. Yeah. And then I, I created the bulletproof diet and you can buy bulletproof coffee and you can, I sell the the oil and it's way better than anybody else's MCT oil. And this is the reason, and this is that, and you can buy it. And so like, it's a reading his book is a bit like a brochure of all of the different Dave Asprey companies and and he's a good salesman. And so it's like really compelling. Like if you're, if you're into it, you know, I, which I'm into it, <laughs> it's like, so, and, you know, at the, at the moment I'm only, I'm only doing the, the, the bulletproof coffee stuff, but, uh, and I already have my own red glasses I wear at night. So luckily I don't need to buy those. And there's, there's a bunch of other things, but it's, it's dangerous. It's a slippery slope with, with him. And, and he, um, he also, uh, there is a little bit of controversy with him. At least Joe Rogan thinks there is, which it's like. <laughs> that's probably that's probably all right then. It, it's a, <laughs> yeah. if, Joe, if Joe Rogan doesn't like him, then. <laughs> Joe Rogan actually does like him, but he doesn't like some of his claims. Uh, like uh, Dave would talk about how much mold there is in um, the coffee industry and coffee beans. And he has some legit like um reasons for thinking that and like junk like cheap coffee is likely coming from sources that are it, 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 not kept well you know they're yeah, not that stands to reason there's not a lot of money in it so they're not going to take a lot of exactly and so 
Um, so yeah, there is, there, there's mold that grows on the coffee beans and then it gets just ground up. And so if you buy pre-ground coffee or cheap coffee, stuff like that, it's, it's a lot more likely that there's mold in it. And that mold can affect your brain. It can slow you down. It can add inflammation. It can do a bunch of other things. And so he sells his own coffee beans at bulletproof.com or whatever that are, you know, triple tested to be mold, say mold free and, and, and all, all these other factors and stuff. And, you know, but then he makes claims that are like, you know, 75% of the industry has mold in it. And it's like, okay, where are you getting that? You know, some people do independent tests. They buy four bags. You know, so this is what, what Joe Rogan did. He's like, he, he bought four bags of different coffees and had them all tested and none of them had mold in it. And so it's like, well, okay, what's going on here? Yeah. I, 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 I buy that there's, there's, there could be a significant amount of suppliers um, but my, like the, the thing that my brain, you know, uneducated as it is in this, the, the thing that my brain goes to straight away is a little bit like with aspartame and a few other things. I'm sure it's in there, but you would have to consume like, you know, uh, orders of magnitude more coffee from this supplier to have the effects that, you know, he's talking, it's like, you know, it's it, 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 my guess would be like he's not wrong about there being mold in the coffee, but it's it's to what you know percentage ratio degree whatever. Sure, I would actually um, with where I think you're going with that. What I think you're saying with that, uh, like in the, when you drink a coffee, there's too little of it to matter to your health. Is that kind of what yeah? You're saying? And it would have to be a big cumulative effect for you like you'd have to drink more than you would normally drink i think that's actually not the case okay i think that's actually not the case and i i think that he's kind of overblowing how much it is in the industry well depending on depending on where you get your coffee if you get if you buy specialty coffee if you buy uh, from a nice roaster they're going to select their bean and, and and specialty coffee is its own separate kind of area of coffee and they're very particular they have high standards they they really care about the coffee. And so like, for me, that's where I am. That's, that's all the coffee that I buy. And so it's like, I don't think I need to worry about molding my coffee, but if you buy, you know, just like Costco coffee or like big, um, generic, like, I don't know, uh, Tesco coffee or whatever, like, you, you know, uh, the, the, they have to buy so much of it and they know that they just, they just roast it to to no end and then you know it's it's more shelf stable and and all that kind of stuff i think that there probably is quite a bit of mold in that and i don't think it's going to take i don't think it takes much mold for in there to actually affect um a person i think actually a very minuscule amount can make a big difference i think it's actually more impactful than people think uh, aspartame, that's probably a bit more cumulative, uh, maybe, but also the body does react to that, those sweeteners in a way it does, it does send off chemical, uh, reactions within the body and it's, it's a chemistry set and it doesn't always have to be at a certain scale. This is what I'm learning. I don't know. I'm not a scientist, but. <laughs> and also, uh, what, yeah, I think one of the, and this is, again, this is coming from Mr artsy pants rather than anything else but like i think you can get two very eminent knowledgeable scientists on this and they will both disagree and so you've you know like because i think that's one, one of the things we, we can sometimes get in danger of is like the science says this as if that is a monolith and it's like sure some of the science says this, but some of the other science says this. And yeah, science says eggs are b- good. Egg- science says eggs are bad. Science says, you know, like, yeah, you go, they go and back they and they can both be right, but in different contexts and in different, you know, and it's like, and that's the thing. It's, it's, it's not that it's not true. And, uh, but yeah, it's uh, m- more, the more, and this is not directed at you, but the more conversations I have around people saying, well, the science says this, I'm like, it's, it's not one thing. There isn't all the science, you know, it's like, and yeah. yeah, And it's a funny, it's a funny balance that I feel like I, uh, I want to take, I'm trying to take where the science is really important to me that like the chemical reactions, the actual reasons why it all happens. That's so fascinating. And I feel like as a, um, as a person who has gone through the American 
school system to come here. Like I was so uneducated about all this stuff, like practical knowledge didn't happen. I got enough stuff. I got enough knowledge so that I could be a great cog in the machine, not necessarily so that I could live a good life or be healthy or happy. Welcome to the West. Shut up and do your work. <sighs> yep. Yep. We don't actually care about you. We care about numbers. I don't know why numbers became so important. As uh, Douglas Adams said, um, the humanity became obsessed with the, the movement of small, tiny, green pieces of paper, which was odd because, on the whole, it wasn't the small, tiny, green pieces of paper that were unhappy. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. He, what a prophet. <laughs> yes. So, uh, so after reading Fast This Way, um, I... Uh, I was thinking a bit about that silent retreat I wanted to go on and I, um, I'm, I'm going to, that's rescheduled for March and I am going to do that silent retreat, but also Margaret has been planning her own little solo trip for a while now. And she's going to be doing that in like, uh, early June. And I was thinking, well, if she's not here, I don't really need to be here. I could do my own little solo trip. And so I started thinking about what I would want to do if I were to go on a solo trip, what I would want to, what, what I want to do and where I'd want to go. And, um, and I'm reading this book where Dave is out in a cave going on a vision quest. More like cave Asprey, am I right? <laughs> Sorry. We, we might perfect. talk at some point about my need to be mischievous that is uh, that is gr ever growing. I love it. Uh, well, yeah, and I want to I want to check in with you about the stand up course and see how that's going. But we'll uh, we'll, we'll get to that. That'll be for, um, we'll, we'll do that for next week. We'll table that. So yeah, I, uh, I've never really gone camping by myself, and so I thought, um, you know, I'm, I'm still like playing around with where I'd want to go. At first, I was thinking Mount Rainier, which is up in Washington, which is a place that Margaret and I have gone a couple times and is just freaking amazing. It's a national park. So it has that, you know, that, that whenever you go to, into any country's national park, you just feel the difference just immediately. And uh, like the air is cleaner and, and the vibe is, is just delightful and welcoming and like nature, just nature palpable nature um so there's a there's a place called well no I, there, there's just a there's a camping place that i like there <laughs> and uh so i was thinking about going there and i was also thinking about going to brighton bush um aforementioned because uh, it's been a while since i've been there and it'd be cool to check that out and then it'd also be cool to maybe just find find a camping spot kind of in the middle of nowhere away from people because the idea of this would be kind of my own solo silent retreat that I would do fasting, uh, which would be great because then I wouldn't have to spend all that time making food. And I would be putting myself in, I'm putting my body and mind in a state uh, to have a little bit more connection, a little bit more clarity. And maybe I'd bring some, um, some psilocybin mushrooms with me for a nice vision quest enhancement tool. Maybe not. And, uh, I was thinking about maybe trying to do some maybe the bouldering or uh, some uh, what's that camp hiking uh, backpacking um, you know just, what is bouldering? Uh, uh, that's like rock climbing but at like forty five degrees instead of ninety degrees and so it's like <laughs> it's just you're, you're climbing up on boulders and, and and so you don't need gear and you don't need expert you don't need a spotter or anything you can just kind of do it it's fun that's the kind I like I I really like climbing on stuff but I don't. I don't really want to get ropes involved. <laughs> just like sex. Yeah. <laughs> just, it, it becomes just a lot, a lot harder when you get the ropes involved. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Precisely. You get it. Uh, so yeah. So I'm, uh, I want to, I want to try out my own vision quest and I think I'm going to, you know, I'm going to bring a journal and, and do a lot of writing about God mode and, and preparing for that, but I'm going to be without my devices, no, no podcasts, no, uh, audiobooks, just kind of me and my mind. And, um, yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. I'm pretty excited about it. Okay. So we've got, we've got double Asprey. Um, uh, have you, have you got any others? 
Uh, I do have one more uh, book I've been reading, but uh, I'm going to table that one for next time because um, uh, I'm still I'm still uh, reading it, and, and I'm only a, a couple chapters in. But I did find out. So I have two friends that uh, have recently been diagnosed with fatty liver, and uh, and then I read this book, which is about which is about PCOS, which is a, a infertility issue for women, the most, one of the most um, wide-spreading infertility issue. Yeah, like really common, but also underreported because uh, we don't talk about women's health. Exactly, exactly. And in there... Polycystic ovary syndrome. That's the one. And they, they discuss and discuss what fatty liver is because it's an, an often like a co-occurring um, issue uh and it has the it has, kind of has the same same cause and same um cure actually most modern non-communicable diseases are caused by and have the same solution um it's caused by the same issue and have the same solution which right now with everything that i'm reading every, every, my, my mindset <laughs> uh it, it it's so easy for me to see and and all of the all this literature I've been reading is all pointing in the same direction, and it's all kind of like hammering at home over and over again. And I'm sure that there are so many more factors to it. And all each each the way um, each uh, each disease uh, occurs and its severity and its flavor and everything, you know, just depends on on so many different lifestyle choices and factors and environmental factors and all that kind of stuff. But they're all kind of really caused by the same thing, which is that we eat too often and we eat too much. Not, 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 not too much food in one time, but we eat too much processed food. We eat too much of the wrong foods and too often. And really, like, it's amazing to see how many uh, diseases that, uh, like, this, this handful of doctors from, from uh, like, there's probably about 20 to 25 doctors that I'm following right now that are all saying the same thing, that fasting, intermittent fasting is really such a cure for all these things, including diabetes, dementia, uh, heart disease, fatty liver, PCOS. Uh, I, I don't know. This, the, 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 the list goes on. Uh, Alzheimer's even cancer, especially, um, from from what I understand, and correct me if I'm wrong, anybody, is that the the body has kind of two to, to super simplify things. The body has two states, you know, um, f- fasting and feasting. It has has eating has 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 um, a fed state where you've put something in your mouth, anything, you know, it's a, one peanut is probably not going to send you into, uh, into a fed state, but you know, a, a, a couple scoops of peanut butter that, you know, that will, and this obviously there's a line somewhere, but the basics of it, you ingest food, it starts in your mouth. And as soon as your saliva starts getting, uh, working, your body is already starting to work on the digestive process and you chewing is part of it and then swallowing is part of it and it goes through your neck and and then it gets into your stomach and all the uh it's different parts of digestion throughout the whole thing and um that's why we got to have whole foods as as lightly processed as possible and 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 so that the body you know because it's designed to eat real foods out in the world it's not, not designed to eat the middle of the supermarket stuff um tangent back on track when you eat carbohydrates the 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 body uh converts those to sugars that the that the body can use to make to use energy and and move throughout the body those 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 sugars can be stored in muscles and then they can only be used by muscles or they can go through the liver and then kind of be used anywhere when when you're always in a fed state the liver has to keep working really hard and really hard to keep processing all of that stuff constantly. And the, the output is on, the, 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 the bandwidth for it to get out of the liver is only so big. And whatever doesn't make it out of that roadway stays in the liver. And that's how you develop fatty liver because the sugar turns to fat, 
and it and then it wants to, you got to store it and so it's it's trying to store it as body fat but if it can't get it all out then it's uh stores in the liver and that's fatty liver and so that's just one avenue of how a fed state can cause a certain one of these diseases it also uh constantly being fed you're you're constantly making insulin and so insulin is because it's a it's like a a counterbalance to sugar and by having high insulin levels i don't remember the signs of it read 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 some of these books i've been suggesting (laughs) what i'm reading is non-alcoholic fatty liver disease is frequent in patients with polycystic ovary syndrome obesity and insulin resistance uh, are considered as the main factors related to those two things androgen excess may be an additional contributing factor to the development of NAFLD. Yeah. And the high insulin levels that, that, you know, obviously at least to diabetes that we, you know, that one we all pretty much know really well. Um, and it also, I'm, I keep hearing over and over again that the high insulin levels also lead to a bunch of these other issues. It doesn't lead to cancer necessarily, but, um, what can happen with with what we were just talking about about how the uh, the organelles don't uh, you know the, you get a buildup of all these old and unprocessed un un um, stagnant or 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 bad cells in your body that's just not in the best shape um, you know they're they're constantly they're, they're they're still trying to move and and grow and and change and they can they can split and then you know that that protein folding to be a new a new split could be a little bit off because it wasn't perfect and then it that has it it's missing the gene that tells it to not over reproduce because <laughs> there's like a gene that says only reproduce only reproduce one time or so many times or whatever and that that gets clicked off and then that's what generates cancer anyways i'm i i've gotten off track <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's, it's high insulin. It's, and it's always being in that fed state. And then when we're in a fasting state, when we're, yeah, when we're in a, a non-fed state, the body's like, oh, okay, I can use all this extra energy that we've been storing. I can use the, in, in, in body fat, I can use, uh, I can, I can start different processes to break down the, the bad cell, maybe not bad cells, but cells that aren't, aren't, aren't at their peak and and reuse those resources um for for all the cells that we need to make constantly because we're constantly needing to make new cells within our body we're constantly growing changing and and altering i heard an analogy at one point recently that was like like a fireplace if you were to if you were to get a delivery of fresh firewood for your fireplace three times a day well you're going to want to keep using that fire you're going to want to keep using that wood to burn your fire, burn in your fireplace, because otherwise, it would just it, you'd have too much wood. It would fill up your home. It would be bad. So you're you're constantly doing that, and, and you you probably do have some leftover wood, and that that's going to get stored, and so that that's your belly fat, and it's kind of growing and growing. But if you pause those deliveries, and you're not getting a whole bunch of wood delivered to you every day, well, you're gonna st- you're gonna start burning the pizza boxes and the extra recycling you have and the other things that you have around the house that maybe it's not the perfect thing that you always use all the time for the for optimal um heating of your home but you can clear out some extra things that that need to be cleared out you don't want to have the recycling overgrowing either or um yeah, I heard another analogy. It was more or less the same thing. It was like it's, it's fuel, fuel sources. Uh, you know, it, it's all about the proper management of fuel, and it's just you keep adding. You never clear out the old. Simple as that. But yeah, uh, that's uh, a little preview for for next time we we talk. I'll I'll, I'll tell you more about that because I'm gonna dive into this book because because um, yeah, PCOS is an issue that uh, uh, I want you know. Is, is close to home and want to kind of work on that and um yeah so i have, have more to say soon but yeah that's that's it for what i've been reading lately you uh you were saying that you had read a book that was really interesting what was that about yeah i think maybe we should um we should talk about that next week um, let's do because it because it gets us into a 
uh, a nicely potentially different area so yeah we'll uh, we shall do that next week um but uh, in the meantime this has been uh, this has been educative thank you uh, we've got lots of links for the show notes yeah and as always correct me if i'm wrong need more space on this thing. You can go... Oh, yeah, there we go. And there. <laughs> I'm sure that's all going to get awkwardly put into the end of the episode. Um, <laughs> it's almost as if... <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so Silent Retreat and uh, Vision Quest. Okay, notes are added. Great. All right, now we can hit record.